is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Trees coming to you today with only one episode this week, but boy, is it going to be a jam-packed one. We were going to record the other day, but, and hey, this is not a knock. Trees had an opportunity of a lifetime to go golfing on an extravagant course, and boy, did it look pretty. And let me tell you what else he did. Hit a golf ball over a fucking mountain. And he's trying to explain it in like, oh, you know, like the way you're supposed to lay it up, you're just supposed to hit an iron right up to the bend. And then you're supposed to just kind of, you know, go the rest of the way and make sure you get across. Mr. Treese says, I decided to pretty much just go, fuck it. I'm hitting a driver over them, their mountains. And he did it. And then he tries to explain, oh, you know, it wasn't a very big mountain, but I did hit it over the peak. This dude hit a golf ball over a peak of a mountain in Utah. I'm jealous. I'm glad to have him here because this guy might be on the tour before soon, you know, before we know it, the way he's golfing. I'm glad to be on a mic with you. I'm glad to see you. But, boy, we got a jam-packed episode today for y'all. We do. And, yes, I love how you have to be all dramatic about it. Um, yeah, went out to uh, Promontory. Uh, it's over in Park City, Utah. It's fantastic. It's exactly where, like, guys like Colin Cowherd's house is and stuff. So it's a real good time there. So that's always awesome. Um, but you're right. Jam-packed episode. We apologize, everybody, for the one episode this week. Fully on me. I always like to say this to Austin just to give him a hard time that it's hey it's austin's world we all just live in it whenever we have to change our schedule even by 20 minutes he hates it and i was like dude this is your opportunity to say it to me and i was going to i planned on it i was like man i finally get to use his words against him you talk about taking receipts there it was and then i was like so like what are you what are you doing and he responds and in his response he puts a space and goes, this is where you should have said it. Son of a bitch, I was going to. <laughs> you can't beat me to the comeback that I've never got to use. But here we are, dude. And uh, so Colin Coward, his house was on the course. I thought he lived yeah. in L.A. He has, a, he has a house in Park City. So that area is like a lot of like just rich people's like second homes. So <laughs> whenever Colin Coward is gone during his, his show, it is because he's in Park City. So he's like a huge Utah Park City guy. Wow. I'd like to be there one day. Same situation. Like, oh, I guess I'll just put a house in Utah. Right so on a mountain. Might as well. Post Malone's here like every single... I mean, he lives here full time now. So. Post Malone does? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, it's because Utah's fucking awesome, dude. Utah Get is... on the train. I mean, Utah Actually, no. is in... Utah sucks. It sucks. Don't come here. It's You're not right. beautiful. It's in the middle of nowhere. It mountains sucks. are awful. Zion National yeah. Park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some tree symbia here. I guess we'll again, do our episode. Loaded show. All right. Let's do it. All right. So I don't know how I'm going to word this one, but let's. I'm going to try it. So, um, what is very interesting about? Something, a game that's happened before, I don't know how I'm fucking going to word this, I, I apologize. Um, did you, I'm just going to do, did you know? Okay, we'll just do it All this right. way. I, I, I'm sorry. Here we go. Did you know that the last three quarterbacks taken number one overall? First off, can you name them for me? The last three quarterbacks that were taken number one overall? 
Yes. Uh, Jared Goff. No. He was in 2016. Oh, fuck me. Okay, excuse me. Uh, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. Um, who was right before him? It would have been before Mitchell Trubisky. Who, no, who's this year's first-round pick? Oh, Joe Burrow. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. I was thinking yes. further back. Excuse me. Okay, that's all right. So, wonder what's something interesting that happened to these rookies before they got their first win? They won the Heisman Trophy? Oh, uh, before they well, got their first win? Before they, excuse yeah. me, I heard that is before they got drafted. Before they were, they all had a tie. They all had a tie. Wow. They all had a tie before their first win. As the starter, was Kyler Murray starting when they had that tie? Yeah, against the Lions. Week one. Wow. And then Baker's Baker was not starting though, right? Because that was when Tyrod uh, yep. was playing and it was week one against the Steelers. Yep. But he was still on the roster. And then obviously the Bengals tied against the Eagles two weeks ago. God damn. That's pretty crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Way crazy. I saw that on Twitter the other day and I was like, I gotta use this as a tree Sylvia. Like this is this is awesome. So no, I for sure did not, was not the one that found this out. I was going to say, I don't know it, how you got yourself in that rabbit hole, but that's no. impressive. Yeah, for sure not me, but I, I saw it and was like, that. it's just like a perfect thing for Teresa Vias, so I got to take it. So, um, all right, moving on into the episode, though. Let's talk about Bill O'Brien, Texans head coach, getting canned. Uh, you never wish that upon anybody, but, I mean, probably overdue at this point uh i think he's a lot worse of a gm than he is a head coach uh but the problem is he can't be a head coach when you don't have as much talent on your roster and him as a gm did that to himself self-inflicting wounds there uh so there is a story that broke today about jj watt and you've been tweeting about it so i'm kind of going to open the floor to you and let you talk about this yeah i mean who would have thought that the minnesota vikings beating the houston texans would have been the last straw for them to fire Bill O'Brien. It couldn't have been the, you know, 50-some unanswered points against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs after you were up 21-0. to zero. Couldn't be that. But Bill O'Brien, I mean, the message was just running stale. He lost the locker room. James Palmer tweets, or excuse yeah, he did tweet that he messaged a lot of the players on the Houston Texans, and it was like, hey, did Bill O'Brien lose the locker room? All responded with a resounding yes was the overall answer. You can't have, I mean, duh, you can't have that in an NFL locker room. It's just not going to work out for you um, and your franchise, for the general manager, everyone as a whole, you're heading in the wrong direction. And I think that the writing was on the wall a lot sooner than the Texans ownership decided to make this decision. I guess they just let it on for too long at the possibility of like, we have Deshaun Watson, things are going well. You then move on from DeAndre Hopkins because you don't want to pay him $11 million. You decide to turn that into a combination of Brandon Cooks and David Johnson, and the only thing you got in return was a fourth-round draft pick. And you lose one of the best receivers in the NFL, who is having a phenomenal career, or excuse me, phenomenal year in Arizona. You can say phenomenal career. I mean, he's the dude is playing lights out right now, and you look at the Houston Texans and where are they struggling? They're struggling to get the ball down the field. There's no one to throw to. You got Brandon Cooks. I would much rather have DeAndre Hopkins over Brandon Cooks. And we have discussed ourselves that maybe the Texans are better without him because Deshaun Watson doesn't feel like he needs to get Hopkins' touches. At this point, 
you need Hopkins more than you need anything else. David Johnson hasn't been the answer. Time was up for Bill O'Brien. And now for whoever's going to come in and be the new general manager and the new head coach, you better hope and pray that you get at least a six-year deal because you don't have a first-round pick, you don't have a second-round pick, and you have the highest payroll in the NFL. At some point, you're going to have to make some very, very, very tough decisions. Do you trade away Zach Cunningham, who you just paid? Do you trade away Texas legend J.J. Watt? You can't move on from Deshaun Watson. That's the hardest position to find in the NFL. you got a franchise quarterback. As the Houston Texans, that's a thank God we finally found it. You can't move on from Larry Hunsell. So David Johnson has to be gone. Brandon Cooks has to be gone. And then wherever else your money is just randomly being spent for you to have the highest payroll in the NFL, it's got to go. I think I don't think they have a hard time finding it, but the person who does come in better have a great plan and they better be able to execute it where the Houston Texans are just going to go just flailing down and they're going to be awful, they're spiraling down, and it's going to be an awful end. And the four years are going to come up and Deshaun Watson's going to say, see you later, this isn't working out. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, a hundred percent. And with JJ Watt, it's just he's gone next year, right? Uh, he has a seventeen point five million dollar salary next year. Uh, I actually think it's I actually think it's no dead money though. So getting rid of him is going to be super easy next year. So, but yeah, totally agree. I I think that it'll be very easy for them to get back into an okay salary spot. Obviously, yes, you got to keep Tunsil. You're going to keep. Watson obviously but I think it's those two are your building blocks and everybody else can kind of be gone if need be I think that's where we're at uh all right so there's gonna be more head coaching jobs uh available shortly so don't you worry about that people um what else is next we got some MVP race so we're a fourth of the way through the season sadly at this point um it's unfortunate that football season goes by so quickly who is your MVP after a fourth of the season? Um, well, we're really at the point where we've always discussed. At this point in the year, you're really getting an idea of who teams are. I still think we need a couple weeks before that's actually solidified in, hey, this team is contending for a playoff spot. This team is turning it around. They're, you know, they had a rough start, but here they are. A, th- a team that you could look at like that is the Minnesota Vikings. You know, if like, ooh, we started off rough played a close game against the Titans, got your first game against the Texans as a win, let's keep rolling from there. And then from here, it's like, okay, which teams are just done? The New York Jets, New York Giants, adios, season's fucking over with. One-fourth into the season, though, my MVP is going to be Russell Wilson with a close second of, I mean, you could put all these guys in the same exact tier of Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Like, those guys are all right there, but to me, I have to give it to Russell Wilson. The dude is playing lights out, leads the league in touchdowns thrown, is just dropping dimes all over the field. The top 10 passes uh, in the NFL so far for like most yards traveled in the air, Russell Wilson has three of them. And the longest one that he has was the DK, uh, DK Metcalf that he caught and decided to celebrate early and he got thrown out of his hand. Just lost it. <laughs> robbed of a touchdown. Yep. But, I mean, it's just the dude is playing phenomenal, and the receivers are so good. The defense is fired up. That swagger's there for Seattle. To me, it is definitely 100% lock it up, lock it in. Russell Wilson's one-fourth of the season MVP. I love it because, again, I had them winning the Super Bowl, so I'm going to really keep keep diving that into everybody. But 
I'm actually going with Aaron Rodgers right now. I think that Aaron wow. Rodgers has done more. Bow, bow, bow. Has done more? Because he has three less touchdowns, but he has two uh-huh. less interceptions, meaning Russell Wilson has two and Aaron Rodgers has zero. Uh, so I think we should say Russell Wilson should have one. That's fair. Because the other one went right through the hands of Greg Olson for a pick six. Agreed. Agreed. But still the case. And uh, yardage, they're basically the same. I think Wilson has like 50 yards more than him when it's all said and done. And here's the thing. Russell Wilson has had every single playmaker, every single game. No injuries. Aaron Rodgers has gotten Devontae Adams one game and uh, one full game, and he dominated. <laughs> and that was week one against Minnesota. And <laughs> then he gets Lazard. He's like, okay, I can, I can get a new number one. Nope. Now he's out. Like, what he did on Monday night was special. Like, it really was. And the creativity of this team, I just been like, ah, we don't need wide receivers. We'll just put our running backs at wide receiver. And guess what? You guys can't tackle them anyway, so we're good to go. Um, <laughs> so I do think that Russell Wilson would deserve it. And everybody has heard this. Russell Wilson has never had a MVP vote ever. Uh, he will get some this year. And I think it is going to become – I think it's really a three-person race when it's the season's over. And I think Patrick Mahomes gets into that discussion. Yes, Josh Allen right now is in the discussion. I think that Bill's schedule just gets super tough where he's going to have a couple struggling games and people go, oh, okay, that's the Josh Allen that we expected. And I mean, He'll throw his way out of the MVP race. He will. He will, right? And it, I'm not saying that Josh Allen is not good. Josh Allen is a stud. He, is, he deserves the com- compliments right now. I think that when it's all said and done, the Bills are just a better team, too, that by end of the season, they may just be running the ball more, too. And like he may not be putting up the stats. So I think it will be a three-person race. Right now, you have Russell Wilson. I have Aaron Rodgers. I like it. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, you brought his name up there. He is, I think, should have four interceptions to his name right here so far into the season. They've been dropped. Yes. You could almost say five. Because there was three against the Patriots. Yeah. Which we're gonna uh, luckily he makes enough plays to to overlook it and they find a way to win games and teams are dropping them because that's just how talented Patrick Mahomes is. He can throw a bad ball, but the only guys catching it are his teammates. That's some what of I'll them, say. Some of his teammates. Um, so Demarcus, we, 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 Demarcus, Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. We will get to that here in a second, though. Um, let's let's talk about this. <clears throat> so it has been announced that Fitzpatrick is going to be starting again for the Dolphins. The question for me to you is, when when does the Tua era start? I love that you asked me this because they have played a decently difficult schedule so far. You've played the New England Patriots to start the year. You've played the Buffalo Bills. You played Jacksonville on a Thursday. You smoked them. Scoreboard-wise, game was still pretty tough. Then you play Seattle. Now you go to San Francisco, to Denver, and then these are their next five games. You travel to San Francisco. You travel to Denver. You get the Chargers at home, and you get the Rams at home, and then you travel to Arizona and get the Jets back in Miami I think ultimately Fitzpatrick starts this game against San Francisco they're down 
and they go, do you know what? Let's just see what Tua can do. Because San Francisco gets Jimmy Garoppolo back. And they have Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk has been playing amazing as a rookie. George Kittle is back in the mix. In the defense, they've been dealing with their struggles. But you look at the offense for San Francisco, they're going to light up Miami's defense this next week. Yes. Like, they just are. They're ultimately going to destroy them. So, you look at their defense and you go, hey, we can throw Tua out here. We're losing. Let's see what we have. Not bad. Let's roll into week six. Tua, you're starting at Denver. Uh, in case you guys are unaware, rookie quarterbacks starting in Denver have done decently well as of late. Also known as Patrick Mahomes' first start in the NFL was at Denver. I'm not saying Tua is the next Patrick Mahomes, but if you want somewhere to start somewhere, you want excuse me, you want Tua to start somewhere. I think it needs to be in Denver. I know you're away. You don't get the home crowd there. Coronavirus is happening anyways. You really don't have one. But I like the start against Denver because that defense is beat up. They might have Drew Locke back, so it's going to be somewhat of a game. So you get to see Tua playing against another good young quarterback. And then you go play the Chargers. That's your first test. By that time, you have enough experience and reps against an NFL defense and the speed that you're okay against Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams. And then you get Arizona and the Jets, and you're fine and rolling. And then you go into your bye week with the Jets again, Cincinnati, Kansas City, New England once more. You're at Vegas, and you're at Buffalo. So before your schedule gets really difficult again, I think you need to give two at least three or four games there. And that's why I think it's week six where we go, okay, hey, Tua gets to start here in Miami, and we're moving on. Love it. Love that thought. I'm going to say week 10. Oh, smokes. You're getting it that much longer for Ryan Fitzpatrick? I am. And the reason is is because it's week 10 is home game against the Jets. You That's a perfect situation to start a guy. And then you get a bye. Give him extra time to make, be like, okay, what mistakes did we make? And then you get to play the Jets again. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to play the Bengals defense, which has not been great. So that's a very nice four-week window there. And then you then you get into the tough schedule, right, of the Chiefs and the Patriots and then the Raiders, which is an okay defense, and then the Bills, right? So, like, you give them confidence for the first three or four games and plus a bye week to get used to it and all that. So, yes, I think that it would be ideal to start them sooner, but in the Broncos game sounds right, but by the time the Chargers game happens, Ingram is going to – Melvin Ingram is going to be back. So, you really want him coming off of the hip surgery, basically second game – Going up against Joey Bosa and Ingram, I don't know. I wouldn't personally. Antillery has played well as has played very well so far this season. Exactly, and then to follow that up, um, Aaron Donald, pretty good fucking football player. Don't want him chasing down Tua. Like that's not what I would want with him coming off the hip surgery. Cardinals could be in discussion there, but again, you got Chandler Jones. You know, and like mm -hmm. you can't just be like, oh, they have a good pass rusher because like every team eventually is going to have a good one. But like, aside from the Jets, but those are like exactly right. Aside from the Jets, but like those <laughs> are like legit three of the best, right? Like the the Chargers duo is arguably the best duo in the NFL. I mean, at least top three, right? Like we can agree that it's at least top three there. Rams, we there's no argument that Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in football, and then Chandler Jones led the NFL in sacks last year, or was second. I can't remember who ended up winning at him. In I Barrett. believe he uh, second. Barrett had him by one, yep. I think, right? Shaquille so, Barrett, yep. yep. So either way, right? Like, So I'm going to say week 10. 
which is obviously way too late, but at this point, do the Dolphins really think that they're going anywhere this year anyways? So why not just give Tua a little bit more time? So that is why I'm going to say that. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about Justin Herbert here for a minute. So that dude drops dimes. Uh, maybe ha- maybe has the one of the pretty spalls in the NFL. Uh, it is very funny that, in my opinion, everybody would be talking about Justin Herbert on every radio show, every TV show, everywhere, if it wasn't for Joe Burrow right now. That's the crazy oh, thing, right? Like you're exactly right. So let's talk about him here because. I tried to discuss it a little bit uh, on Mic'd Up the other day, but it's just like, man, you look at Justin Herbert and the progression that we've seen him had coming from hard knocks to not being very vocal, you know, gets drafted very early. You go to Los Angeles. You're in a great situation with fantastic receivers, but your offensive line isn't that good. You get on on hard knocks. You're not really there. You're just kind of quiet learning the offense, figuring it out. You have your teammates coming up to you like, hey, let's let's focus on your cadence, get more of a voice, let's have some more fun, relax a little bit. Dude comes out, finds out 30 seconds before the game starts, hey, uh, you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs today. Uh, You don't really get an opportunity to freak out about it. You don't get an opportunity to kind of just second-guess yourself. You just go play ball, and you're running out on the field as a starter of the Lo- – or, yeah, as the Los Angeles Chargers. Then he just comes out and plays a close game against the Chiefs, Kind of has a day the next game, the next week there. And then you come out and you, you're you just – you're in a fist fight with Tom Brady. You're going back and forth. I brought up Russell Wilson having, you know, three of the longest deep balls in the NFL that have traveled through the air. Justin Herbert was also on that list from his throw last week or Sunday against Tampa Bay in Tampa. That – and you mentioned it, dropping dimes – Dude is throwing very, very pretty balls. And his teammates said that on Hard Knocks. You know, I keep going back to Hard Knocks because it wasn't as bad this year as it's usually been in terms of what Hard Knocks has or is. Getting to see Justin Herbert develop and grow within his team and seeing the team go, ooh, he can throw a ball. Look at 10. Look what 10's doing. I've never had a guy throw the ball this well. You look at Keenan Allen, this dude's loving it. You don't give a shit. Like, yeah, Philip Rivers is going to launch the ball up and give you a chance. Justin Herbert's going to zip it to you. This ball isn't floating in the air for someone else to run underneath. It's coming in hot. And we, we've seen that. We've seen their connection and their relationship continue to grow. And if you're Keenan Allen and Los Angeles Chargers and Anthony Lynn, you're looking at this dude like, whoo, look what we got here. A lot of people are kind of overlooking him like, ooh, you know, man, maybe we missed out on, you know, getting to a forget about it. Miami's looking at it like this. We should have just taken Herbert. Really, though, he is playing so well, and I love it, and you're exactly right that he would be the talk of the town if it wasn't for Joe Burrow and what he did his senior year in college at LSU and coming off a natty. But Justin Herbert right now and the way he's playing and the weapons that he has, if you're a Chargers fan, you are loving life. Who's Phillip Rivers? Yeah, for sure. And, and you're right. Like, There's a lot of guys getting a ton of targets that – We've talked about Hunter Henry a lot. Uh, you brought up Allen right there. Yeah, he's averaging like 13 targets a, great, a game so far, so that's fantastic. Uh, and, I mean, he's just doing it with some no-name guys, right? With Mike Williams out, like there's not mm-hmm. a real 
wide receiver two and three on this roster, and he's just making plays. So I love watching it. It almost feels like the Chargers are like a must see TV sometimes with the way he's playing. Like I always have their game on. So I uh, really like to see that. Uh, let's talk about some injuries that happened this week, which is unfortunate, uh, but they always happen. Uh, Julio Jones out with a hamstring. Uh, short week this week since they played on Monday night. I wouldn't expect him to play. Nick Chubb going out with an MCL injury. You hate to see that. It is the opposite knee of what his gruesome injury at Georgia was, so that's uh, one positive there. But is planned and put on IR, probably out six to eight weeks there. Austin Eckler, hamstring injury. That one looked awful if anybody saw it it looked really really bad and they haven't really announced how long he's going to be out there are reports that it's four to six weeks but that's not coming from the chargers unlike the other teams all these other injuries that have the injury timelines have come from the team chargers have not announced this one uh noah fant got hurt on thursday night and uh he after the game said it was no big deal i'm good they've already announced him out for this week's game uh so but they do expect him back the following week so only one week injury uh and then mike evans uh that wide receiver core for tom brady and the bucks is just hurt because godwin's already out scotty miller seems to be hurt all the time uh justin watson's already out and evans sprained his ankle i mean he just kept Going back into the game, coming out, going back in, fought through it to get that win against the Chargers. Uh, so I'd expect him to play, but uh, I mean, he did not look healthy. And OJ Howard, I don't know if you just mentioned I it, tore his Achilles. Yes, you, yeah. You're right. Yep. So I mean, it's like all these weapons. You're looking at Tom Brady and the Gronk show in Tampa. You better figure it out. Like Leonard Fournette, get ready to rock, baby, because uh, <laughs> there ain't much else there. Yeah. I know you don't like to catch the ball. You better figure it out because, like I just said, you need help in the receiving core, especially with him going out. With Julio Jones, I mean, is he also Calvin Ridley? Like, both those guys, like both the receivers for Atlanta are just going down, and you're Matt Ryan. It's like, dude, we're already losing games. Now I'm losing receivers. I lost my tight end this offseason. I got to deal with no cartilage knees, freaking Todd Gurley here, hardly involved in the offense as it is. Like, Matt Ryan's in a tough spot, dude, and so is Dan Quinn. I know we started the show with Bill O'Brien getting fired as the first coach in the NFL. Dan Quinn's got to be right behind him. And I don't like being a guy that, you know, calls for another dude's job. He's also getting paid $8 million, which is $4 million less than what Bill Belichick's currently being paid at $12 million. There's some math for you in case you couldn't do it. You're not deserving of $8 million as a head coach in the NFL when your defense can't get it done. And your offense, as much as they put points on the board, your defense is letting the other team put – more up not a good combo there for the Atlanta Falcons and Dan Quinn Nick Chubb though in the Cleveland Browns you look at Kareem Hunt dude's another he's starting a running back somewhere next year I mean they already like signed the Cleveland contract, Browns though. I I feel like they're gonna trade him unless they look at Nick Chubb and go hey haven't stayed healthy you know you were injured in college you're you're getting injured here we got Kareem Hunt. We got Lucky picking him up. Serious off-field issues. Dude's a great running back, though. I mean, he is. Yeah. He really as is. much as it sucks to say that, dude can play some football. 100% can. Um, all right, moving on. So I just had to add this in here. Uh, it was kind of nice to see the Patriots get a taste of their own medicine on bad calls going their way uh, during Monday night's game. I loved getting onto the message boards and reading 
how they were so upset about the uh, blown whistle call and the fumble for <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Guess what, Patriots fans? Miles Jack is still not down from the fumble in the 2017 AFC Championship game that would have put us up 17 with less than six minutes to go. So guess what? Nobody feels bad for you. Suck on hey, that. Hey, guess what? Mm. Go, go ahead. Keep going. No, you're angry. Let I go. I'm sorry. Every I interrupted time I you. I think about Miles Jack not being down. It was such an amazing play. Deion Lewis, strip fumble. Fucking Patriots, I hate you. Um, and yeah, so, and then I also have in the note here, are the Chiefs the new Patriots on getting every call? Because there were a lot of questionable calls that went the Chiefs' way on Monday night. And uh, sometimes it, it was hard to watch. Being like, holy shit, like, they are protecting <laughs> Patty right here. Like, that that's hard to watch. Hey, and he knows it. He knows it, too. I mean, that little acting job that he did on the horse collar out of bounds, give it to me, baby. Let him, let him hear it. Let it rain loud. The Kansas City Chiefs, the kingdom. We might be the new villains, and we are excited because we have been just the bottom of the barrel team for so long on calls. You don't believe it? Watch the Chiefs-Titans game in the playoffs. Forward progress on a sack? Because Derek Johnson got a free shot at Mariota and lit him up and fumbled. Marcus Peters took that to the house. Forward progress. My ass. That referee retired the next day. The guy that made that call. We've never gotten calls. Kansas City Chiefs fans, the kingdom, we know it. If you want to call us the villains, we'll wear it with pride. Because we're the Super Bowl champions. We got the best team in the NFL. Defense is amazing. The offense might have been slowed down just a little bit. We still got our shots downfield. We're still balling out. Make us the villains. We don't care. We love it. Oh! You know how it is. I do know how it is. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how this all turns out. I'm excited. Excited to see how it all plays out. All right. Let's move on. I mean, we're what 25 30 minutes into this episode now we gotta we gotta break down some week five <laughs> games now so let's do that to start us off but to, before let's talk about recap of our betting situations so good let them know trees good week for you on against the spread so i had a three game lead on you heading into last week and because Calvin Ridley can't catch a touchdown pass at the end of that game, I end up <laughs> losing that one, and you end up catching up to me, and we are now tied 37-24-2. That is our record against the spread. So first off, congrats to both of us, because that's a damn good record. Um, so con- And also, congrats on catching up to me. I, I legit thought I was going to start to run away with it. And... Um, <sighs> Now to the player prop bets, the one that you've gotten <laughs> to talk shit on for the last few weeks. Well, guess what? I came back, and I now have a lead on you. So you're 12 and 11, and I'm 13 and 10. So I got you by one now. Uh, it did not help that. Wow, I'm just trying to think of who it was last week. Um, somebody did not play last week, and that ended up hurting you quite a bit. I can't remember who it was, but. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to go back and. Who was the game? It was Sunday night yeah. game, right? Oh, it was Mostert. Mostert. You, oh, you had him yes. over 70 yards, or I think it was 71 yards, and I said mm-hmm. under, and he didn't play. So obviously, you took the L there. 
I know the filler. It sucks because I got that L with Devontae Adams. Or otherwise, before. we'd be tied? No, because Devontae Adams, I did the same thing the week before. So Yeah. So, I mean, sure, we'd be tied if we took if we didn't punish me. And we, or we did punish me and didn't punish you. Yeah, sure, we'd be tied. All right, all right. All right. But, hey, over 500. That's a winning percentage on both of them. It is. We're so, making people money we are. more than they're losing it. Yeah, if 100%. you listen to all of them. If you took every single bet, should we just you'd be start? Should we just start parlaying our bets like every week? Should we just put our money where our mouths are at this point? I mean, if Utah would let me go on legal sites, I'm not saying that there's not. Um, we'll discuss European this when we're sites. not being recorded. Yeah, <laughs> we'll discuss this when we're not being recorded. Yeah. But you know, there is a possibility. I'm looking at these records and our mindsets, and hey, this is our third year heading into it. Kind of got an idea where everyone's at. For sure, for sure. We kind of know, Jim. Kind of know. know. <laughs> All right, let's dive into this. So Thursday night game, we have the Bucks versus the Bears. Tampa Bay, three-point favorites on the road. What are your thoughts here? So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you are dealing with numerous injuries on the offensive side of the ball, but your defense, they're playing just as well as that offense. I mean, you got rookies out there. You got young defensive linemen. You got young linebackers. You got young secondary members. They're all playing older than what they are. You look at the Chicago Bears. You are moving on from Mitchell Trubisky. I really don't think you can go back to that. Like, I don't think you can look at Nick Foles, no matter how bad he plays, and go, we're going back to Mitchell Trubisky. Because if you do that, the writing's on the wall for Matt Nagy, and Ryan Pace might get another shot. Like He might get another year as a general manager. I know that's off topic within this and the betting aspect of it, but looking at these teams and the injuries that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are facing, no matter how good their defense has been, Nick Foles is an experienced quarterback. Like He truly is, and he's playing a young team, and he's got weapons he can trust. Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, tight ends. Just how many tight ends do you want on the field for the Chicago Bears? They got all of them. They do. I'm actually going to take Chicago. I like Tom Brady and the Bucks. You're dealing with all those injuries on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be tough to find ways to go against this Bears defense, which, in case you guys haven't noticed, pretty good themselves. They are pretty good themselves, uh, but I just did. I watched literally every snap of that Bears game, and that was strictly because I was in a fantasy battle, and I have Allen Robinson, so uh, I was watching that, and I just do not trust this Bears offense at all. Um I do trust him getting Allen Robinson the ball, so that's nice for me fantasy-wise. But overall, mm-hmm. I just don't see much. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I think if the Buc- or, yeah, if the Bucks can put up the points against a great pass defense. I mean, they haven't been great this year, but a very, very good pass defense in the Chargers, he's going to be able to do it even against the Spares defense. So already week one, or episode, game one, we're already different. <laughs> I'm going to take there Tampa Bay. You took Chicago. Uh, moving to Sunday morning. We've talked about the Panthers quite a bit. Um, it's Panthers at Falcons. Falcons two-point favorites. Um, I am going to take, it's so weird to say, but without without Julio, I'm going to take the Panthers. And one note that's really funny is Panthers fans were very upset during the draft that they didn't take Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. Dude, Derek Brown has been dominant. Uh, eating. Gross eating. Ma- gross Matos in the second round, been very, very good. And then they got Jeremy Chin. Uh, I think it was in the late mm-hmm. second. Maybe it was early third. I can't remember if they traded yeah. or not. 
they have three. I believe it was the second. Yeah, I think they traded up, right? Or they just had a late second. So Mm -hmm. I think that the Panthers just find a way to win this game. Uh, DJ Moore owners, this is your game. In fantasy, this is your this is where it's at. I'm I'm gonna have a lot of DJ Moore in and Robbie Anderson, those two in DraftKings. Let's this go. Week. So talk to me. Panthers, they're covering. Bam. Uh, I don't think it's weird at all. I'm right there with you. And within this game, and Joe Brady, the uh, the mastermind of what this Carolina Panthers offense has been. This dude's got speed everywhere. You lose Christian McCaffrey. Guess what? You get to spread the ball around to everybody because there's not one single person that's going to get it more than anybody else, and the defense has to respect your offense. Teddy Two Gloves. Bridgewater. That's just fun to say. Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, no matter how you say it. It's just fun. Try it. Go ahead. Try it real quick. Uh, no, I'm just going to say, I just should we do a recap, a rewind to what you were saying after week one and then what I said after week one about Teddy Bridgewater? Or should we just hold off? Do that later. Hey, I just wanted you to say Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater. Hey. Teddy Two Gloves. You're the man. There it Love is. It. There it is. Uh, the Panthers have been better than I thought. Holy shit. Two and two. Uh, is Christian McCaffrey the problem in Carolina? <laughs> totally kidding. And we're not starting that narrative. But this offense has been kind of fun to watch, you know. Teddy's not playing bad. I don't – it's kind of tough to say if he's going to be the, the quarterback of the future for he is. them. He is. Therese called it. But, like, man, you got rookies playing out on defense. You got defensive line. Hey, better than I thought it was going to be. The The Carolina Panthers are going to get Dan Quinn fired because this is a division game, and you're going to lose it. Like the, Pan- the Falcons' offense isn't healthy. The Panthers, they don't have Christian McCaffrey. They got speed everywhere. I love you talking about DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I got both of them on one fantasy team. I might start both of them. Like, they're going to eat this defense. They're just going to tear this defense apart. And the running game for Carolina hasn't been that bad either. Like, they've been fine. Better than I thought they would be. You come here against a division game in Atlanta, the the Falcons are favored. I don't think there's a resurgence of we got to play hard for Dan Quinn. They did that last year. You know what I mean? Like, when he might get fired. We're going to have this resurgence and hope for this is our coach. Like, we need to do this for him. We don't want him to get fired. We love our coaches. Bro, you guys are 0-4. It don't fucking matter. Dan Quinn, you can play as hard as you want for him. It ain't working out. Panthers win this. Dan Quinn gets fired week five. Uh, don't disagree with you there. And I'm going to take – I'm going to just say – I mean, not another not a hot take here. I'm just going to say it just so it's on the podcast. Matt Rule is coach of the year so far. Ooh, I don't care that over there's Pete Carroll. I don't care that there's four no teams. Like what he, dude. People thought the Panthers were going to win two games this entire year. We had them winning three games all year, maybe even two. So, like, <laughs> hey, they they have that after one month. Yeah. Ooh, I mean, you might be onto something there, especially if they keep up this like winning aspect. Did Andy Reid win it last year? You know who it might be? It might be Mike Tomlin, depending on how well the Steelers do. Yeah, yeah. That, There's no need to make all these predictions. I think you're on track, though, with Matt Rule. Like, Matt Rule is on the road to be coach of the year with how well Carolina's playing right now. Cool, cool. All right, moving on to the next one. Bills versus Titans. Those fucking Titans, man. Uh, they're <laughs> going to just kick them out of the league. They're, um, gonna f- they're fucking it up, man. Yeah. Suspended? Kick them off the tour, Doug. 
<laughs> That's what I think of every single time. Uh, if you guys don't know that show, Happy Gilmore, fantastic show. Uh, like, so first off, there's no spread on this game because the NFL is like, this game's probably not even going to happen. Uh, Corey Davis, Austin's little Corey Davis, uh, got Ooh, put, easy on, tiger. put on the COVID list today, yesterday, for those of you listening. So they just got another positive test. Uh, I see no way that this is even a game. And then there's reports that when they had the outbreak, NFL says, you guys, stay at your homes. Don't do anything for the next four or five days. What did the Titans do? They went and practiced anyways just at a park with some of the players, led by Ryan Tannehill. Um, Tannehill, luckily, you just got a huge, huge contract because you're about to get fined probably like $200,000, if not more. Um, so I don't even know what to do with this game, dude, because like there's no spread, and I honestly don't think the game's even played. If they play, I'm going to say the Bills win. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I'm right there with you, so we can probably just put dashes, dash B in this, like probably not playing, but it's going to be the Bills. Um, I don't know what the Titans are doing. That's just an idiotic decision led by Ryan Tannehill. It's it's things like that that happen where you really look at Adam Gase and Miami and go, was it Ryan Tannehill? Totally kidding. Adam Gase has a problem. He should be fired as well. Let's get into our next game note. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Teresa's Jaguars, are traveling to Houston to play no coach, no general manager, Houston Texans. The Texans are favored by six. Uh, I'm actually going to take Jacksonville to cover. I think the Texans win. They get their first win of the year. Great. Ooh, I'm going to feel – nope. I'm – rewind the Texans are so happy that Bill O'Brien just got fired they're gonna play lights out they're gonna play so good we're looking at this team like oh my god they're gonna be competing for a Super Bowl these guys have to be ecstatic that Bill O'Brien was fired they don't have to be they are like you hear J.J. Watt talking they got in a he got in a fight with his head coach come out play a good football game Guess what? He's gone. They won. The players got what they wanted. They're going to be excited to play football. I feel bad for the Jaguars. I'm sorry that I led you guys a little bit with like, hey, Jacksonville's going to cover. Houston's too excited that the the evil empire was removed from their facility. Yeah, I was, I was excited because I was like, oh, nice. A free win for me on this. Uh, I also am taking Houston, and I don't think it's close. I think that – I think Deshaun Watson just tears these guys apart. I mean, you want Fuller and Steels and probably Brandon Cooks all day long in daily fantasy. I think it's going to just be a blowout. This Jaguars defense just it, they just don't they don't have it. And like last week, like they were winning at halftime against the Bengals, and then Miles Jack got injured on that last drive in the first half, and so he didn't play the entire second half. And then the defense just fell apart. Uh, they're just not getting a pass rush. Uh, they're they're playing super super soft coverage. Uh, don't know if C.J. Henderson's going to play. I just I think that this one gets ugly in a hurry. Uh, but for fantasy purposes, I mean, you probably want both teams at this point, players on both teams, because mm-hmm. Texans are going to get up by a ton. So receivers are going to have a great day. Watson's going to have a great day, and then it's going to be the David Johnson show in the second half. But then the Jags, they're going to get a whole bunch of garbage points. So. Uh, you'll want in on that. So, yep, totally agree with you on Houston there. Uh, moving on, now it's your team. 
the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs are 13-point favorites. And um, we just talked about them, right? They get every single call nowadays. Patrick Mahomes is very, very good. This defense is good. They didn't play uh, Chris Jones on Monday night. My guess is because they just wanted to make sure he was healthy for this game, so their defense will just stay strong. Uh, Honey Badger still playing great. Uh, Juan Thornhill also playing great. Uh, do us all a favor, Austin, and I don't know. Just keep up those jokes because I, uh, a lot of people didn't like them. I thought they were hilarious, so keep them up for us, okay? Um, and uh, I'm going to take the – man, 13 so much, though. Like, you could be up by 17 the entire game and then last drive just allow a garbage touchdown. doesn't matter. 13 is yeah. so many points. Um, yeah. It is. That's a lot, man. I'm going to take – When I'm right there with you, though, that's that's tough. It, you know, it is taking... tough. It is tough. I'm going to – I'm going to take o- Oakland or Las Vegas. I'm going to take Las Vegas to cover. Yes. Smash the fucking over button here. Kansas City, oh, my God, 13 points. You might as well put a two in front of that. They're going to smoke the shit out of the Raiders. They have no offensive weapons. They've been injured. You want to run the ball? Cool. Chris Jones is back. Hello. This defense, Juan Thornhill coming downhill. Look out, Josh Jones, or Josh Jacobs, excuse me. Wallop. That's all Juan Thornhill's going to do. I don't mean to be super hyped for this game. The, the Chiefs, they looked a little slow last week. It's okay. Uh, Demarcus Robinson always has a big game against the Raiders. Let's see him continue that on at home. The only concern I have is if Patrick Mahomes is playing due to the COVID outbreak. Uh, or positive testing of Stephon Gilmore, who was so close to Patrick Mahomes, you might as well have been kissing him. Like, there's no need to be that close, all right? I know there might have been a cheap shot on the sideline. Patrick, stop being sportsmanlike. Like, stop being a good guy. Like, be a douche, okay? You don't need to be that close to anybody. I'm being sarcastic. But within it, it's like, if Patrick Mahomes plays and everyone tests negative for the Chiefs and they all play this game, I think that should be an alter in this game on if we can just call it a wash, Mr. Trees. If we can call it a wash, if people test positive, you're saying no, of course. I love it. I'm still taking Kansas City, though. Thir- favored by 13. I think they just blow them out of the water. I think it's going to be a fun game for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what it is. If you didn't purposely just try to bait me into taking Vegas right there, I would have been sportsmanlike and said, okay, yeah, that's mm. fair. But the way that you acted right there, like, you cost yourself. Cost yourself. So that's I, I don't know if I, like, baited you. I just You're like, oh, like that's tough. You... That's tough. I say Vegas, and you go, yes. Yeah, that's that's called baiting. <laughs> all right, bro. All right. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, Arizona Cardinals versus the Jets. Let me just make this short and sweet for both of us. Even though it's a seven-point spread, which is a lot, and the Cardinals have played like absolute dog shit the last two games, uh, we're both taking the Cardinals because not only are the Jets trash, uh, they also now don't have Sam Darnold this game. And how on earth could you even take the Jets anything less than like 25-30 without uh, Sam Darnold? So uh, safe to say that you're taking the Cardinals as well, Austin? Oh, duh. I mean, the worst franchise in the NFL right now, the New York Jets. They are the new Cleveland Browns, but they have a quarterback. Like That's the problem. 
Arizona all the way. I just think Kyler Murray, he hasn't had a good couple weeks. He's been throwing some interceptions. This is a game for you to get back on track, dude. I think you've probably thrown yourself out of the MVP race. I don't know if you got in your head or if that's something you're worried about. But you got to move on from it. Like, you just got to go play football. Like, you just got to go have fun. You got to be the leader of the Arizona Cardinals. And you get to go to New York, dude. Just enjoy your time. Have some fun and beat the shit out of the New York Jets. Let's get into our next game. The Philadelphia Eagles, along with their practice squad receivers, are traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Pittsburgh is favored by seven. Within this game, I have to take the Steelers. As much as I want the Eagles to have some redemption, their secondary has been atrocious. They can't protect Carson Wentz. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have the best defense in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of. They're up there. They're great. They didn't get to play last week. They got an emergency bye week thanks to the Tennessee Titans. As Tree says, fuck the Titans because the Eagles just got themselves screwed because of that. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming in hot. They're upset they didn't get to play last week. It changed all their plans. Eagles are getting just dominated this game. And I 100% agree there. And it's funny because Big Ben came out today and was like, yeah, that actually really hurt us. Like, we just started getting on a roll here, so uh, it hurt that we had to stop practicing and all of that and said that the offense may need another couple weeks before they get, like, really on the same page there. But, again, this Steelers team is very, very good, this Eagles team. Yes, they pulled out that win against the Niners. I was so upset. I had the Eagles on the spreadsheet uh, and then I knew that you were about to record, so I hurried and changed it to the Niners. And I'm like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have changed it. That's what I get for second-guessing myself there. Uh, I think that was honestly like more luck that you played Nick Mullins than anything. Uh, so I will also be taking the Steelers to cover seven points, which is a lot of points, but still going to take it there. Uh, let's move on to the next one, which is... Who is the next one? Because I have the wrong game here. It is the Rams versus the Washington football team. Sorry about that. Um, This one is garbage. So, sorry. I'm going to throw that away for a second. Um, So, Rams versus Washington. Uh, Rams are seven-point favorites. And it got announced today that Dwayne Haskins is no longer the starting quarterback for the Washington football team. And... That hurt. I mean, it, it hurts me because I really like Dwayne Haskins, and I think that they kind of set him up for failure. So, like, that always sucks. But uh, I will be taking the Rams to cover this uh, because I don't trust Kyle Allen. I think that he's not very good. I think he proved that with the uh, <laughs> Panthers last year, and I think that the Rams are kind of rolling, dude. I think that they've looked really, really good, and I know that they lost against the Bills, which is a tough loss, and they had a, it was a pretty close game against the Giants, which wasn't really expected, but I still think that they, I thought that they just played it safe last week, and we're just like, hey, we just gotta get out with a win, like, yeah. and honestly, it's just like, that's all that matters, right? Like, try to stay healthy, get the game to go by fast, um, run the clock, run the ball, and I don't think that they're going to do that this week. I think they're going to try to get the ball out quick. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Chase Young plays after missing the last two games. Um, that could put a hinder on their game plan a little bit, but I'm going to take the Rams to cover at seven. It's crazy that we have three games in a row that are seven-point spreads. Ooh, I didn't even realize that. That's a good point. Uh, sandwiched in between two 13-game spreads uh, for our next one. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, 
Love that we're talking about our rundown here. On the button. But to this game. So you're taking the Rams just because Washington is starting Kyle Allen. Yeah, it's a guarantee that he throws at least one pick six. And probably has at least two fumbles. Uh, I'm taking the Rams as well here. Yeah, you're traveling to Washington. Just go, just go whip some ass and head back home. I mean, you look at Washington. I really do think that starting Kyle Allen and putting Dwayne Haskins as the third quarterback on your depth, uh, I mean, you're really letting him just ride the end of the pine there because Alex Smith is the backup quarterback right now. They've announced that yesterday. So I really just personally think this is a transition to Alex Smith being the starter for Washington because if you look at him and you look at this offense, the defensive line is fantastic. They can't stop anybody, though. Like Chase Young not playing, yeah, that's a huge hit to your defense as a whole. I mean, that's a top-end rookie right there on your team who's made made an immediate impact for your defensive line as a whole. But, I mean, just like looking at this, like you put Alex Smith at the helm at quarterback, who knows like how, how much different this offense plays because – Therese, we discussed this. Like, Dwayne Haskins is a schematic quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, his throws and plays that he made in college was due to scheme. There's so many screens, and there's guys open across the middle that were designed to be there against the defense, and he had so much talent at Ohio State. You come here to Washington, like, dude, you ultimately you just don't get that, and it's, it's hard to do that, and everyone else in the NFL is so much better. You're not just playing shitty defenses in the Big Ten anymore. Like, you're coming here against real top-level talent all the way around. Duh. But I just – Dwayne Haskins wasn't the answer. I kind of feel bad for him, but I also don't think Kyle Allen is either. So you allow him to come in. You're going to let him get just eaten up and destroyed by the Rams. You might let him start the next game as well. And I think within that, it's like, hey, we're seeing Alex Smith in practice. He's playing well. He doesn't look like he's babying the leg as much anymore. Let's just give him a chance. Let's get rid of the nerves. Let's come in. Let's let Alex Smith be our starter. I really just think that this, the start of Kyle Allen for the Washington football team is a transition period for Alex Smith to be the starter of Washington moving forward. I so hope so. I need to see Alex Smith on the field again, and it would also boost my uh, comeback player of the year too. So uh, I'm, all, <laughs> I'm all for that. Uh, I want to I see it. I think Alex Smith can make things happen even with this uh, depleted skills player of the, that are on this roster. So we'll see how that goes. Um, like you said, another 13-point spread. We have the Bengals versus the Ravens. And uh, the Ravens are going to win this, and I'm going to say they win it by probably 20 points. Uh, so I will take the Ravens to cover. I do like what Burrow's doing. He's fantastic, but this offensive line is complete garbage. Just because the Jags couldn't get a pass rush on him does not mean that they're all of a sudden good. Let's not forget what the Eagles have done to them and all that. And the Ravens blitz more than I think anybody in the league, and they will be putting so much heat on him that he has no idea what to do, and he's going to be just taking hit after hit after hit because he's a tough guy, and he's going to try to stand in the pocket. And it's end up, it's going to end up causing more turnovers than anything i expect a few fumbles from him uh would not be surprised if peters baits him into one of his classic pick sixes here as well wow okay um not really gonna accept that joey b slander but whatever uh i'm gonna take the ravens to win but i'm taking the Bengals to cover 13 points is just too much here yeah you beat the washington football team they just suck and their offense doesn't have anything. Joe Mixon had a great game last time. The Bengals always play the Ravens tough. 
Joey Burrow learned his lesson against the Eagles. I don't like being hit. If I can get the ball out of my hand faster and not be hit 18 times a game and give myself fucking whiplash, yeah, the ball's coming out of my hand. What did the Chiefs do against the Ravens? They got the ball out quick, and then when they were able to take shots, they did. And they were able to kind of just run the ball. I think you put Joe Mixon in this. <laughs> you put Joe Mix Joe Mixon in the mix here in the running game and passing game. I'm not saying that the Bengals somehow get an upset and win this game, but I am taking Cincinnati to cover. And if they find a way to win, Lamar Jackson did miss practice yesterday with the sore knee. RG3 was pretty much the lead in practice. It's already the start to the end for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. <laughs> You're so dull. As much as I'm being sarcastic there, it's kind of like a, he he can't run. Like He's not going to be able to run as much. Like, the dude's getting beat up, and he can't beat teams passing the ball. As much as I don't like saying mm, – I love saying that I'm right on this, but I don't like seeing a guy having to deal with injuries no matter how sore or banged up the knee is. If you're primarily a running quarterback and you like to escape the pocket and make things happen, like, it's got to be hard to do that with a banged up knee, no matter who you're playing. And when you look at Joey Burrow and the Cincinnati offense – Yes, the offensive line's bad, and the defensive line for the Ravens is good. At the same time, there's plenty of weapons for him to disperse the ball. 350 yards for him this week combined, rushing and passing. Who? Lamar Jackson. He didn't even do that last week. I'm literally asking you if you want to bet. 350 yeah. yards. What do you want to bet? What do you got? Literally whatever, whatever you got. Not money. Not money. Um, just a, just a, you were right. A, a heartfelt next episode. You were right. I was wrong. Um, you, again, going back to happy Gilmore, you know, the whole, you were right. I was wrong. You're smart. I'm dumb. When he's eating the subway sandwich, insert that yes. right here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Sounds good. <sighs> can't wait for that. It's going to be a great Monday. I can't wait Monday. to go three. No, on my Lamar Jackson, but yeah, I mean, well, yeah, because you, you were so right last year on it. You were so right on it last year. Uh, For who? The Ravens as a whole, when you literally said I was silly for taking the Ravens to win the division. Bruh, anything that could have gone wrong for the Steelers went wrong. I shouldn't say bruh. Lamar Jackson played out of his mind last year. But my whole message this whole offseason and this year is we're not going to see that type of production again from Lamar Jackson. As he we've seen it. The, we've seen it a dirty, little bit. A dirty fifty-yard touchdown run last week, <laughs> literally Ooh, three days ago, yeah. seventy-two hours ago. <laughs> he hey, made an amazing run. Good for him. It I'm was. glad he did that against the Washington football team. Oh my god, here we go. All right. I mean, what we're gonna see him praise him for six passing touchdowns to get the fucking Miami Dolphins again? No, that's an awful defense. So is Washington without Chase Young. And no secondary. You play. I'm who's sorry. On it was a. You play who's on your schedule, dude. I mean, you I do mean, that. You but like, you literally get to play the Raiders and the Broncos and a beat up Chargers. They're in the every, division, and they play the Chiefs tough. It's not like that's a guaranteed win. Like it's not. Like every game the Chiefs have played against the Broncos. Has been very, very close. Yeah, see, without a starting quarterback like, like Drew Locke. Like the Chargers, right? Like 
beat up all the time, and yet you like when it when it's for your team, you're like, oh, well, they just play them tough because they're in their division. But then if it's against, if, if it's for your point, then you go, oh, well, yeah, that's because they suck. You know, like you you love to do that type of stuff for for you. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, so it's fine. We're not, we're not going to get into this. Not, not on our podcast. We're not getting into this right now. So let's move on. All right. I mean, I just won't say anything. It's fine. It, no. It's yes. Not. The chargers have dealt with issues. It's okay. It's all right. We'll see. What's the bet. The bet's just, you're going to say that it's, you have to apologize for being wrong. I can't wait to hear you do it. Okay. What's the next game on the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Dolphins, Miami is traveling to San Francisco. San Francisco is favored by eight. The 49ers are going – the offense is just going to beat up this Dolphins secondary. I mean, this Dolphins defense, just as a whole. The 49ers are going to have their way. Everyone's back. I fully believe Jimmy Garoppolo is playing this game. They're going to have a heyday. I do like what the Dolphins are doing. I just think at some point the offense is going to be too much. And like – Excuse me, and like I said at the beginning of the episode with Tua, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him this game. Yeah, uh, I think I agree with you there. Um, you like what the Dolphins are doing more than I am, I guess. Um, so I'm going to take the Niners to cover, uh, and I think that they – I mean, this Niners offense is just healthy again. Kittle just looked like a beast. Uh, Debo Samuel that eased him into it. Ayuk's making just fantastic plays on the field. Like, his run against the Eagles was fantastic. And, I mean, even with all those missing parts on this defense, the, the defense was still flying around and causing havoc. So, I'm going to take the Niners as well here. Um, moving on to the next one. We have the Colts versus the Browns. Uh, this one's going to be interesting because you were very high on the Browns in your power rankings. And I thought that was funny. Because, I mean, not funny. I just thought it was interesting coming from you because they beat up on arguably the worst defense in the NFL in the Cowboys, uh, and they still almost blew the lead. Uh, I think the Colts' defense is fantastic. The Colts are looking really, really good. Sucks for them that they lost to the Jaguars week one. Wish I, wish somebody was telling you all that that was going to happen. Um, and what's going to happen with no Nick Chubb? That's going to be interesting. Yes, OBJ looked fantastic. He looked like his, his old self. But still, to my point that I've been saying all offseason, I think he is way better of an athlete, which showed on that reverse, than he is a wide receiver. Like, I just don't know, like, if I – it's just weird. Because like, he's actually good at route running and can obviously catch and stuff. But, like, there's just something with him that – I don't know if, like, he just doesn't like to get pushed around. He doesn't like the defenders close to him. I don't know what it is. But – I'm going to go with the Colts covering is what I'm getting at. One and a half point favorites. I think they go in and win on the road. Okay, so I'm actually going to take Cleveland because, yeah, Nick Chubb isn't playing. This gives Kareem Hunt all game to be the guy. He hasn't been the guy since Kansas City. I think he has probably the game of his career. I mean, he was the guy in, in the uh, hotel room, though, right, when he beat up that girl? Oh, Okay. How can you root for him? I just don't get it. I just don't. Get it's not me rooting. like rooting for him. I just, damn. I didn't think we were gonna go there. <laughs> I didn't either. It just kind of slipped. Me, <laughs> and no, I I'm, do, I'm not making a joke out of the situation. It, it no, is, I don't think is, you are either. It is literally like I, I can't root for the guy because of what happened. No, yeah, and I, I totally get it, and I agree with you. 
in terms of football, as a football player, he is going to have a very good game. I agree. So within that, that makes the job easier for Baker Mayfield, who has been okay off the play action, has been good off the play action. I just I don't think they're going to have to rely on Baker Mayfield to throw them into the lead. I think the defensive line for the Browns has been exceptional. Miles Garrett is having a great game. The offensive line for the Colts, like we've always discussed, is very very good, and Philip Rivers has time. But it's just like a if I'm looking at this game and the way that these guys are playing, yes, Philip Rivers is more comfortable as a quarterback for the Colts and everything going on there in Indianapolis. I just – I don't know. I just have a feeling with the Browns. And, dude, I honestly – I had it last week with the Cowboys game too, and I just didn't do it. I went against myself and what I was truly feeling in my gut. Like, I had a feeling like, dude, I would not be surprised if the Browns come in and beat the Cowboys. And I just never said it. I didn't say it anywhere. I was like, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Shut up. Like, whatever. I have to start listening to myself. And it's right here with the Colts as well. I just think the Browns win this game, and Kareem Hunt has a monster game. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield makes a huge mistake at the end of the game. That's where I'm going to go Wouldn't with. be surprised by that either. Giants versus Cowboys. Cowboys <laughs> are nine and a half point favorites. Nine and a half for being a one in three team that can't stop anybody. Like how on Defensively. Earth, yeah, defense sucks. How on earth could you possibly be nine and a half point favorites? It makes zero sense to me, and I'm still taking the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, dude, looking at this, so it's is it stupid to take the Giants? No, it's not. Like again, that I mean, I'm so not high. going to, but I'm just like really thinking about it. Like, is this a game that Daniel Jones comes out and just spreads the ball around? and isn't worried about the pressure of the defensive line. Like, Alden Smith has been the best pass rusher for the Cowboys. Yeah. Lawrence, dude, I wonder if the Cowboys are like, oh, man, maybe we shouldn't have paid this guy $100 million. <laughs> no shit. And, like, Lawrence, after the game last week, was like, yeah, I just take it upon myself or how bad we're playing. What have you fucking been doing all year? Yeah. It's really like, bad. Like, bro, figure it out. Like, you're getting paid all this money to be the guy in Dallas. The contract year is undefeated. It really is. It really And then, is. like, you get paid, and it's like, oh, pff, cool. Done what I've needed to do. Let's just enjoy life now and be a football player. Yep. No, you guys are losing football games. It's not fun to be a football player when you're getting the shit kicked out of you, even though you're getting paid all this money. Yeah. I think this is the Zeke show, though. Um, after a down game last week when he still had, like, 150 total yards. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to go, but I'm still going to go with Cowboys. Uh, I'd be all over Golden Tate this game, too, uh, for fantasy purposes. In that slot, he's going to have a great game. Also, we're going to save it for next episode because we're running low on time, but that Jalen Ramsey uh, Golden Tate story is just fantastic, and it's it's something that needs to be discussed. I can't wait, then, because I know, yep, can't wait. Okay. Just a little teaser for the next episode. Yeah, just a little teaser. Uh, Broncos versus Patriots. Another game that does not have a spread, and that is because what you brought up earlier, Stephon Gilmore tested positive today. Uh, now it's like, well, is this game now in jeopardy? Uh, so no spread here. I think it is safe to say, though, with yet again another game with no Drew Locke, we're both taking the Patriots no matter what. 
Yeah, I just most definitely. Um, I believe Jarrett Stidham would be the one to get the start here uh, if Cam Newton isn't able to play either. So I would be taking the Patriots. Uh, let's get into the next game now. Like you said, we're kind of running low on time, but still plenty to dig into. The Vikings are traveling to Seattle, and Seattle is favored by seven. This is a tougher decision for me than I thought it might be because the Vikings are putting it together, like everywhere. But if I'm taking Russell Wilson to be MVP, I got to take him because he's going to be throwing the ball all over that defense. But I still expect another big game from Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. I will say that. But Seattle clearly wins by a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, your love for the Vikings is just so funny to me. Um, <laughs> I like it. I mean, I had them winning that division, so sure. But I actually, I want the, I am rooting for the Vikings to do so poorly because the Jags got their second round pick for Yanni Kangakwe. So I need them <laughs> to do bad so I can get that. Like, it's another reason why I'm like, I don't want the Rams to do well because they have their first round pick, right? I'm like, I want these picks uh, to be as early as possible. So uh, I'm rooting against the Vikings very much. So uh, go Seahawks, 12th man, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go on to our player prop bets real quick for this, and we'll do a, a speedy one for today. You got R- it. Russell Wilson, 290 passing yards. Over. I will also go over. Carson. Uh, Chris Carson, over. 62. Rush. You can't say over. i got to tell everybody what the number is. Um, Excuse me. 62 rushing yards. Over. Okay, got it. DK Metcalf, 75 receiving yards. Over. Kirk Cousins, 246 passing yards. Over. Dalvin Cook, 78 rushing yards. You already know. Over. over. I'm taking over on all of them. With Adam Thielen, 82 receiving yards next. Going over is working for me. Yeah, it is. I mean, Dalvin Cook has been impressive the last two weeks, over 100 yards, both of them. Adam Thielen, you might as well lock him in for over 100 yards receiving or right there at it. I mean, with Justin Jefferson on the other side, the teams really have to respect who the ball is going to because Dalvin Cook can catch the ball. Russell Wilson lights out. Chris Carson just doesn't stop running, and DK Metcalf has turned into the Tyler Lockett of there's at least one big play a game from him. Yeah, I agree. I just love it. Okay, so I also am a big over guy, and the only one I'm taking the under on is Dalvin Cook, 78 rushing yards. You bastard. So uh, I think that the I think <laughs> the Seahawks try to shut him down, and I think you're right on how good of a receiver he is, and I think he ends up probably getting maybe that much in receiving yards, but I think the rushing yards, he's going to go under there. So it is going to be fantastic heading into next week with now a two-game lead on you when I'm right on that one. <laughs> uh, now let's go to the Monday night game. We have the the Los Angeles Chargers, who we've talked about so much on this episode, and then the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. What are your thoughts here? So this game, I don't know if you've heard this or not, this game might be moved to Indianapolis with the hurricane heading towards Louisiana. Uh, so they might be moving this game to Indianapolis in a neutral site. I think it is going to be interesting. Drew Brees does get to play in a dome. I don't know if Michael Thomas is back, but I can say that Emmanuel Sanders and him have gotten a little bit of a better connection. I am going to take the Chargers, though. The way Justin Herbert played last week and the, the connection that he has with his receivers, uh, I mean, bam, let's go, baby. Like the defensive line for the Chargers, I think, gets too much pressure on Drew Brees and forces some mistakes. That's LAC, not LAR, by the way. Uh, and so you just – I'm taking the Chargers, though. I'm on with the AFC West here. I already fixed it. 
you dick. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are like, what are you guys talking about? I update the spreadsheet as we go, and I accidentally typed in LAR instead of LAC, and I'd already updated it. Anyways, um, so I was going to go with the Chargers as well, thinking that you were going to take the Saints. And uh, let's do the old flipperoo, and I'm now going to take the Saints here to cover. And um, honestly, it's because I, I'm i like 95% sure that Michael Thomas plays this game. I thought he was last week. Yeah, that's that's a or no. That that sucks for you. So, all right. So we have quite a few things. So on the player prop bets, we only have one game difference. On the weekly games, we have one, two, three, four. We have four different. Are we missing a game? I honestly feel like we got more. One. Five. We got five differences. Five differences. Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. I don't think we are. There's a couple teams on a bye this week, though. We no, didn't put that down. Oh, that that's why that's why it's off because we have yep. teams on a bye. What teams are on the bye? I know the Packers are, um, and I honestly don't know the other teams that are. On the bye. Uh, I w- we probably should have had this written down, so that's our bad. Y- we definitely should have. Hold on, I have the schedule right here. The week five schedule is Detroit and Green Bay. And Detroit. That's like. By the way, last week, what the fuck, guys? What the fuck is going on with Detroit? They're so bad. They're like, so dude, bad. you were up 14 to nothing and then gave up 35 unanswered points. Yeah, they're so bad. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Is it Matt Patricia's much. fault? Because I've been defending him on on air the last two days. Like, Matt Patricia isn't the problem. He needs more time. They've been injured. They haven't been able to win. His defense is getting set up the way he wants. 35 unanswered points. You can't. What's going on? For my, my opinion, and sorry for cutting you off, you can't say Dan Quinn should be gone and not Matt Patricia because they're doing the same thing. They're blowing leads, and they're both defensive-minded guys. If you have a lead, you should not be blowing the lead. And this week, the Lions, they had, they had everybody on offense. So it's not like their offense was missing all these guys. They have Galladay back. Swift got a touchdown. Like They have everything. Uh, so yeah, sure. I, they're probably, I think they're a little banged up on defense, but it doesn't matter. You're up by 14. Like you, there's, I'm not saying you can't blow a 14 point lead, but you can't blow a 14 point lead by giving up 35 straight points. That's the thing, right? Like it's just, it's unacceptable. So, um, to me, it it is 100% on him and it is 100% on, uh, Quinn, Bob Quinn, their GM of not having better talent on their roster either. Um, so I, for some reason, Lions fans really like him as a GM and I don't get it. I don't understand why it's, I do, do know, cause we talk, I talked to Riley about this. Like, he's like, I'm like, why do you like him? He's like, cause he brought in Kenny Galladay. That's great. That's it. But if that's the reason, like that, that can't be your only reason. Right. And I'm not saying that Riley's only reason was that right. Like that was just one of the reasons as he was talking through it. Um, but I was just like. That can't be it, though, because, like, Matthew Stafford is the bright point of this team, and he didn't bring him in, right? And, like, they've had yeah. swings and misses in free agency. Like, it's just really bad. So I think that it just needs to be a full house clean. Like, it just – and it needs to happen soon. I just feel like that's what the trend has been for Detroit, though. And it's like Matt Patricia comes in and he's finally getting everything set up to the way it needs to be so they can have that that Patriot way – and it's like within it, it's 
Matthew Stafford gets injured. You can't win football games when you're starting quarterbacks down. And then, you know, you're always in games, but then at the same time, you're not. And it's just so frustrating to watch them play and go back and look and review it. And it's just like, come on, guys. I just personally think he needs more time in a way. And it's just, it doesn't help when you get turnovers because. You go up 14-0, to zero, then you have to punt your next drive, and then the next one's an interception, and then you're just punting the rest of it. So it's like, do you have to look at your offensive coordinator or your offense and go, what's going on? Why can we not score? But then it's the same, same thing with the defense. Fuck, I don't know. I just want to see Matt Patricia be successful, and I don't know why I do. But I just feel like if you're Detroit and you keep up with the trend of every three or four years, we're moving on to a new coach. Like, Matt, we want Pat, uh, excuse me, Pat, blah, blah, blah. You, we want Matt Patricia, not Pat Patricia, Matt Patricia to come in and make a difference and create the New England way. You're going to have to give him time because everything that you've had to go against has been there. You know, the I don't know if you want to call them cancers in the locker room, but people that are maybe not buying into the program that you want to set with a sleigh and digs that you eventually trade away. It's hard, but at the same time though, I contradict myself because it's hard to say we've set the foundation and we're ready to rock and roll and you give up 35 unanswered points. Yeah. For me, here's the big thing, right? Like Jim Caldwell was there before Matt was Patricia. Yep. yep. And Caldwell had 11 and five record. Seven and nine record, nine and seven, nine and seven. You had to change the coach because nine and seven just puts you in that weird area of like you either just barely miss the playoffs or you barely make the wild card and then you get blown out. You're just like in that limbo stage, which I get. Like you don't want to be in that state. But like you can't be in that, like at least competing to top five pick every single year with the new head coach and barely winning three games. Like, they had a roster that could win. Like, the, when they brought him in, it wasn't, okay, we're rebuilding. It's, hey, we have this talent. We probably need to switch some things up, but that's why we're bringing you in, is to change this so we can make those nine wins, 11 wins consistently. Not, hey, we're bringing you in, so then you can, uh, oh, thank you for another top three pick. Just not, it's not acceptable. Yeah. All right. Okay. Touche. Sorry. Sorry, Riley. Yeah, Try so, to help you out. Sorry, it ain't working. Bud. Sorry, bud. Um, all right. That does it for us. You guys enjoy your weekend watching football. I know I'm going to be. I'm going to just be on my couch, relaxing all day Sunday. And uh, I think that does it for us. And again, we appreciate every single one of you that are listening. Uh, we look forward to this every single day when we're podcasting. I know that I was chopping to the bit since I missed last week's episode as well. And, uh, It was good to be back. So tonight we've been talking football.